Welcome to the Grace City Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife, Brianna, are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. I love a great story. Most often when I get together with people, I ask this question, hey, tell me a story. Tell me something that's going on in your life. Even two nights ago, I'm hanging with Eric Hughes and I asked him this question. I go, bro, tell me a funny story. Why? Because I want to hear something in that moment. I want to hear a story. I want to hear more about their life. Brianna and I love the opportunity even to sit down with couples. We'll bring them over to our house. We'll go out to dinner. And one of our very first questions we ask them is, tell us your story. Like, tell us the origin story. How did you come about? And I love that question because it's not just a surface level question of like, all right, cool, we've got some information. But in that moment, you really do see people's personalities, don't you? Because what always happens in the moment when you ask that question is one person defers and goes, oh, you tell it better. And then one person steps up and you're like, you know who's the storyteller. Like one is better at telling stories than the other one. And uh, I remember it was a couple months ago, we had this couple over to our house and they were sitting there and they began to tell us their origin story. They're coming together, the beginning story. And it was like one of the best storytelling I've ever heard. They were going back and forth like every other sentence. Like in the middle of sentences, they would finish each other's sentences. I'm like, man, these guys have rehearsed over and over and over again. And their names are Anna and, Nunez, Anna and, uh, and Jesus Nunes. And uh, they are just absolutely the best couple. You got to go to food with them. They're phenomenal people. But it's so interesting because I believe not everybody is actually that great of a storyteller. Not, not everybody is that gifted of a storyteller. Some are actually, honestly, pretty bad, if we can be real. But I really believe everybody is a sucker for a good origin story. And we as believers call our origin story our testimony. Our origin, how did you come together? How did you start into relationship with Jesus? It's our origin story. It's our testimony. And the word testimony means a written or spoken statement. So whether formal or informal, it's a story. As believers, we use it to represent the story of our redemption and the starting point into the power of God at work within us into relationship. You'll hear people say all the time, or they'll ask you, what's your testimony? Or this is my testimony. It basically means, tell me the most important story of your life, the origin story of your relationship with God. Well, growing up in church and at the age of two, sitting in the back of the car with my mom, asking, Mom, how do I get Jesus into my heart? I have never in my life turned away from God. I have been following him every single moment. And so I don't really have the best testimony. And I remember growing up in church and everyone around me seemed like they had the best testimony I've ever heard. Like people would be like, I was addicted to crack and God like turned my life around, did a 180 degree turn. Now I'm living for God every single day of my life. Like people with like, like you know, sexual addictions, all these things completely freed and falling off of them. And they have this beautiful testimony. I used to go to youth conferences where they would hold up these cardboards and signs and they'd show them to the whole conference, all the different things that people People have been freed from because of their relationship with God now. Even growing up, my dad, when he was 15, had this, you know, monumental moment with God where he turned his life around and was called to the ministry and has been a pastor for over 35 years now, right? So I remember thinking, man, 
I don't have a good enough testimony. I don't have a big enough story to be able to preach the gospel even like my family or like those people. I'm like, God, why could I not be addicted to crack, you know? And it's funny to talk about, but I remember feeling so insecure from a young age that I was never going to be able to be that person. When in reality, my testimony is just as strong as theirs. Why? Because I belong to Jesus Christ. I have purpose. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Daily I walk in his mercy and grace. I'm aware of the crucifixion and the resurrection. I know that he would have done all of that just for me. Even though I've never had this monumental moment in my life, I wake up every single day and thank God that I'm continually being saved and brought into relationship with him. And I'm continually accepting the blood of Jesus Christ over my life and over my sins. Come on, church. My testimony holds just as much power as the next because I'm redeemed, I'm sanctified, and I'm chosen. Come on, out of all of creation, out of every human on the planet, he thought of me. And I want you to hear this today out of everyone. He thought of you. You have a beautiful testimony. You have a God that loves you, cares for you, has called you, and wants a relationship with you. All of us have such a powerful testimony. And I want to speak this out over every single person in this room. Your story of what God has done for you, what he's doing for you, and who he is to you holds power to set people free. Hear me again. Your story has power to set people free. Your story can make the lost be found. What God has done in your life, the love he has for you, your testimony has power for the lost to be found. Yes, there's a main story of your life being made whole through Christ Jesus. But I believe that the power of your testimony is found in the daily testifying of Christ and the Holy Spirit in us. I believe that the foundations of testimony are found in the daily outliving of the water, the blood, and the Spirit. Just like 1 John 5 says, there are three that testify. See, Jesus came to fulfill the prophets. When he came, a lot of the things that he did, the steps that he did, the stages that he did... We're really coming specifically to fill those moments. But in addition to all the things that he did, his life was the perfect example for us to follow. Don't you agree? He laid out the roadmap for us to pursue. So in saying that, I want you to hear me today. We have to follow Jesus' example of testifying with the three. Not just what we've learned our whole lives, that you got to have this cataclysmic testimony, this moment of being saved and turned around, but yet a lifelong inner working of our life and his and coming together and allowing our life to testify. 1 John 5, 6 through 9. I'm going to read it again. It says, this is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit who testifies because the spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the spirit and the water and the blood. And the three are in agreement. That's key to understand. Oftentimes we can pick and choose what we want, right? 
We can look at the gospel and be like, yeah, I don't touch that stuff because that stuff I don't understand, but I'll like accept the baptism because that's like a cool moment. Or, you know, I'll accept the blood of Jesus because I can understand that. But maybe the Holy Spirit, that kind of can be out there. But it says right here, the three are in agreement. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because the testimony of God, which he has given about his son. See, this isn't just about our grand stories to just inspire people. Our testimonies happen daily when it's anchored on the foundation of Jesus and what he did and how that outworks through the Holy Spirit in our lives every moment of every day. Amen. I want to teach just for a second about the baptism of the water, the blood, and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. The power of the baptism of water is the outward confession that the old sinful version of ourselves is gone and the new has come. And I believe that why this one is on the list of the three to testify is because we need to be daily reminded and live out the baptism through water. That publicly confesses Jesus as Lord. That lives out the fact that the old would be gone and the new would come daily. I'm not saying you need to go into your bathtub at the house and dunk yourself once a day and be like, I'm going to baptize myself again today. But to be reminded that the old is gone and live out the new today. The old is gone and the new has come. And then the blood of Christ. Matthew 26, 27, it says, Then he took a cup when he had given thanks, and he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is, the blood, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the many for the forgiveness of sins. See, Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. His blood sealed the covenant. He was the atonement. It's the promise for us. So daily, we have to be reminded and outlive the power of the blood. Not taking advantage of it. That's hard to hear. Man, we can take advantage of the blood. Just neglect, ah, I'm just not going to think about it. I don't want to think about it right now. I'm going I'm to do what my flesh desires. No, we don't take advantage of the blood, but allowing it to cover our sins daily. His mercies are new every morning. we got to have daily repentance. So the old is gone. we got to receive the blood. And the third one that's in agreement with the other ones is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. See, this testimony isn't founded in our power or our ability to storytell. It's founded in the power of the Holy Spirit working from within us. He empowers us to outwork the gospel. Jesus' very last words on this earth to his disciples were this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Do we see this today? Jesus says to his disciples, listen, guys, listen. Don't leave this place. Don't go preach the gospel. Don't go heal people. Don't try to do miracles. Don't try to gather people. Don't start the church until, everyone say until, you receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Don't leave this place. Don't do what I've called you to do. Don't take hold of the Great Commission until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, man, I hope we catch this today. I believe if we catch this today, it could change everything about what we're trying to do. I believe the harvest could be here because I want you to hear me today that the power-filled testimony is that of a spirit-filled disciple of Jesus Christ. Let me say it again. The power-filled testimony is that of the spirit-filled disciple of Jesus Christ. Come on, a disciple 
without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is like a light bulb without electricity. It's like a coffee cup without coffee in it. It's like an engine without gas in it. It's like a battery with no charge. Are you with me, church? Come on, it's like a sink faucet without running water to it. Those things are still beautiful. They still have a purpose. They look good, but they're not empowered to do what they're meant to do. Come on, Jesus says, don't you dare leave this place to be my witness, to go into all the world and preach the gospel until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, if Jesus had that kind of urgency, then I believe that's the call of God on this house today, that we would truly live out Jesus' last commands and we would receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit so we could be his witness to the ends of the earth. Can I hear an amen in this place? Amen. For the last two years, my son has been asking to buy the game Minecraft. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've always been opposed to Minecraft. I had some friends growing up that would play it. It was kind of a little bit geeky, if I could be honest. Is that okay? Can I be honest? We have some avid Minecraft players in here, so I guess I can't be honest. But it was kind of one of those things where I just didn't understand it. I didn't fully get it. I thought it was a little bit weird. And so my son would ask me, Dad, could we, could we buy Minecraft? I'm like, no, let's do Mario Kart. Like, let's shoot missiles at each other. You know what I mean? Like, Let's get sports games, let's blah, you know. And he, he kept asking me two years, Dad, could I get Minecraft? Can I get Minecraft? And I was so weirded out by it. No way. No way can we get Minecraft. This house will not be a Minecraft house. <laughs> and uh, it's about three months ago, he started asking all the time, Dad, could I, could I do this extra chore? Could I do this extra thing? Because I want to make some extra money. So I started paying him dollar here, dollar there, and he's just saving it in his little wallet. He got a little bit of money for Christmas. And we walk into Target, he's got $35 in his hand. And I'm like, what are you going to buy, son? I'm like, buy some Lego. Buy a great game. He goes, I'm going to buy Minecraft. <laughs> oh, what am I supposed to say in that moment? So he goes over, picks Minecraft up. We get home. He's like, Dad, could you teach me how to play? I say, no, I can't teach you how to play. And I don't want to learn how to play. It's too weird. And uh, he continues to play. And I'm blown away by him. It's like this universe where he can just create really whatever he wants. He, the other day, he builds this greenhouse. He puts these heaters inside, and plants start to grow inside of it. I'm like, where did this kid get this stuff? You know, like, how in the world would he think of this? He's so innovative and creative, and things are just coming out. I never in a million years would have even thought this video game would have done those things. And he keeps begging me, Dad, play with me. Dad, play with me. And I'm like, no, it's not my game. It's not my game. That's what I keep saying. It's not for me. It's not for me. And then finally I caved a couple days ago and I sat on the couch and I grabbed the controller. I'm like, fine, I'll play with you, son. And after five minutes, it was like a light bulb went off and I go, I get it now. This actually is a really cool, innovative game where they can dream and create and innovate. And it's such an awesome thing. What was once so weird to me now became almost normal and I understood why kids are playing this. Now think for believers a lot of times we do the same thing with the Holy Spirit. Oh, man, because maybe you grew up in a church where the Holy Spirit was weird. Maybe you grew up in a church where the Holy Spirit wasn't even talked about. They don't even talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's like the Trinity is like shoved into two and you got God the Father and you got Jesus and the Holy Spirit isn't even there. I just want to encourage you. I believe that if you just spent five minutes with a simple understanding of the Holy Spirit could change your very life, you would understand the thing that was once weird now becomes normal. 
See, Jesus is a whole lot easier to understand because he was a person. God, even in this, you know, this amazing being who created all things, he's a little bit easier to understand. But I want to fight for the fact that the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity, I believe, is just as normal as God the Father, the creator of everything. He's just as normal as Jesus, our Savior, Jesus Christ. I believe that the Holy Spirit is just as normal. And if we're going to preach the gospel to all the earth, I believe it happens with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See, Paul encountered some disciples in Acts 19. He encounters them and runs into them. And the first question that he says to them was this. He says, hey, did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit when you believed? It was a normal question for Paul. One of our fathers of the faith. Did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit when you believed? They go, no, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. So what did he do in that moment? Acts 19, 5 through 6. He lays his hands on them and he baptizes them in the Holy Spirit, empowers them to go do the work and be witnesses throughout the earth. I believe that it's as much for them as it is for us today. This isn't weird. This is God's great plan for us. We just have to give it a chance. We talk about at church all the time, if you've ever been at Growth Track, we talk about being a balanced church. But I want you to hear me today. If our version of balance doesn't include Jesus' final command to his disciples, I feel we are operating with a false understanding of how we are to reach the world for Jesus. I think I need to say that again, maybe so it settles in. If our version of balance doesn't include Jesus' final command to the disciples, I feel we are operating with a false understanding of how we are to reach the world for Jesus. Go in all the world, make disciples. Yet his final command was, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to go into all the world. We have to understand what balance looks like. It's not weird. It's the most normal thing we could ever have in our faith. I believe that through the churches in Tampa and our power-filled testimony, we can reach the world with the gospel message till the lost are found. People ask me all the time, how, Alex, do you preach messages week in, week out? How do you get the content to be able to do this? I can tell you it's through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. This is not my first gifting. I would much rather be up here with a guitar and a mic singing songs. That's like where I'm gifted to lead. But I tell you what, God has given me this assignment and this calling for this season. And I really truly believe that the Holy Spirit has empowered me to be the mouthpiece for this church for this season. I know that he's called me to do that. And I believe each and every one of you go, how could I ever tell someone about, you know, my faith? How could I ever bring my testimony up? How could I daily live out my testimony so people see it? And I believe it comes through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You wouldn't have the words to do it. You might not always know how to approach things, to talk about those things. The power of the Holy Spirit. When looking through the New Testament and seeing all the stories of life transformation, there's one character who has the most powerful testimony and one of the best origin stories that I believe that lived out the three that testify. And I want us to capture and duplicate this today. I'll invite the band up as I Explain this character. In Paul's main entrance into the Bible, his name was Saul. And it says that he was breathing out murderous threats against the disciples. This man was corrupt. He was filled with hatred and was doing everything he could to destroy the work of the disciples. 
He even started collecting people who belonged to the way of Jesus as prisoners and bringing them to Jerusalem to the high priest so they could deal with them. He was corrupt. He was evil. And we pick up the story in Acts 9, verse 3. It says this. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I'm Jesus, who, are you, who you are persecuting. He replied, now get up, go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. The men, traveled, the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but didn't see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could not see anything. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. What an epic interruption into Saul's plans of destroying the work of the gospel. What a beautiful moment, even a beautiful, like I said, cataclysmic moment of testimony that took place in his life. The turnaround, it goes to show the power of God and how he can intervene in anyone's life to turn it around to further the gospel. God chose one of the very worst people alive. One of the men who stood and watched people stone one of the disciples. He stood there on the sidelines and God chose him. So Saul is helpless and blind, and he received a vision of God sending a disciple, Ananias, to restore his sight. And God calls Ananias, go to Saul, lay hands on him, for him to restore his sight. And in verse 13, Ananias replies, Lord, I've heard many reports about this man and the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. You can hear the hesitation. Like, why would I go help him? He should just remain blind. Lord, why would I go do this? And he's come here with authority from the chief, chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim. My chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles, to their kings, and to the people of Israel. He says, I will show them. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, brother Saul, I love that so much. Man, so often we can like, you know, when we have resentment, hurt towards people, it's hard for us to welcome them. But Ananias just came with the heart of Jesus in that moment. Brother Saul, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me to you so that you may see again and be what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. The guy wasn't even saved yet. Oh, we just leave it. We, make, we try to oversimplify everything like, oh, it's just this easy. He wasn't even saved yet. And Ananias is going, listen, I'm here to heal you and help you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. After taking some food, he regained his strength. That's what we're all hoping for in just a couple minutes. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. Do you see it today? He was a chosen instrument to proclaim the name of Jesus to the whole earth. Saul, this, this man who was trying to destroy the work of the gospel, now is restored, now is saved, 
was being baptized, was forgiven by the blood, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The person who goes on to write more than half of the New Testament, the words we live off of today, had the three that testify. Baptism, covered by the blood, forgiven of his past and his sins, his shortcomings, the people he put to death, the injustice he did, he was forgiven for all of it. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He had a testimony that wasn't just a story of how he met God on a road, but also his daily testimony was power filled by the three areas, the water, the blood, and the spirit. You rarely hear Paul in the rest of his books preach about his origin story. You mostly hear Paul talk about the power of the baptism and salvation, the power of the blood of Jesus, and being empowered by the Holy Spirit to be his witness throughout all the earth. Man, we've overthought this. And I think just growing up in church, it's easy to think that we have to have this cool testimony and that's how people will overcome. But I believe that it happens through the three that testify. Yes, your beautiful origin story holds so much power. It's a beautiful thing. But daily, I believe that God's grace on your life the fact that you're a new creation in him, you're forgiven for your sins and being empowered by the Holy Spirit testifies daily to the God that we serve. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? Verse 19, it says this, after taking some food, he regained his strength and Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues. I love that, at once. Like he just gets up and starts to do what he's called to do. That Jesus is the son of God. And those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priest? Verse 22, hear this today. Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. One of the greatest stories of life transformation in history, I believe. He went from trying to discredit the work of God and disprove Jesus to proving that Jesus is the Son of God and that He is the Messiah. And I believe that that happened with the three that testify and being empowered by the Holy Spirit. It was truly a power-filled testimony, amen? So what does this mean for us today? Simply this, we need to live out the three that testify. Daily, live out the baptism in water and the power of that in our lives. Daily, remember and accept the blood that cleanses us and makes us white as snow. And be baptized in the Holy Spirit and daily ask for a fresh indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Use me today, Holy Spirit. You're welcome in and through me. Do what you want to do. It needs more bass. Yeah, just a tad bit, like, like a deep. And what does this mean for us? We have to go and share the testimony of the gift of salvation to everyone. Whether your origin story or the daily story of your salvation and grace that you live in today, we got to do it. Like if we want to do what Jesus has called us to do, what did it say at the very beginning? If we want to show God that we love him, we follow his commands. 
And this is what he's commanded. If you truly love God and you're ready to lay down your life for him as he laid down his life for us, that means we got to do it the way that he told us to do it. And I believe that takes place through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not going to be easy. Even Jesus, even God said in verse 16, I'll show Paul, I'll show Saul how much he has to suffer for my name. Later on, it goes on, later in the books as he's going around preaching and teaching, the people planned and conspired to kill him, coming against him. It's not gonna be easy, it's not gonna be a walk in the park. This isn't easy to get out of your comfort zone and tell someone about Jesus and tell them about the redemptive power that you're living in today. Tell them about the grace, this isn't easy. It's not easy for the lost to be found. It's not easy to go search in every single corner and try to find people in the darkest places of this region, but I tell you what, it's gonna be worth it when we live on purpose. The lost will be found. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. And just like Saul, I want you to hear this today, that no one is too far gone. There's nothing you can do that would be too far away from God's redeeming power. What Jesus did on the cross and his resurrection holds power in every single person's life, no matter how far they are lost, no matter how much they have done wrong. I want every person to hear that today under the sound of my voice. Maybe you hear me talking about this and you go, yeah, I've never given my life to Jesus. I hear you talking with the conviction today and I, I believe it and I understand it and I, I believe that I wanna live for him. I want purpose in my life. I believe I'm chosen, but you've never acknowledged that. This is for you, this moment. And it's also for anybody that has maybe followed God, but you've made the decision to walk away and, you're not following him right now. You're not living in relationship with him. We just want to give an opportunity for you to acknowledge that and say, today, I'm turning my life around. Come on, this could be your moment. This could be your origin story moment. This is your testimony when you came into this 100-year-old building and, and God spoke to you in these uncomfortable little seats. I'm going to count to three, and at the count of three, if that's you, would you just raise your hand just acknowledging that, yeah, I would say today I want to acknowledge Jesus as Lord or I want to return back to him. One, know that God loves you so much. He sent his one and only son for you so that you can know life and life in abundance. Two, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Come on, you don't need to wait any longer. You don't need to have all the answers. This is just the first step in just simply saying that I confess and I believe that he is Lord. Three, if that's you, would you raise your hand? Across this room, you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to return back to him. Come on, let's give a moment longer. Anybody would say, this is my day. This is my moment. I want to give it to Jesus. Beautiful. Well, no hands were raised today in this moment, but if you did feel that urgency in your heart, like, yeah, I do believe, but I don't have the faith or courage enough to, to speak out about it, you can come and talk to me and Brianna. You can go out to our Connect booth. They're ready and able to be able to talk with you. But if I could have everybody's eyes up here, I want to do something that might seem a little bit strange. But like I said, Come on, you, don't, you might think it's strange because of your upbringing or how you've seen it, but I believe it's the most normal thing that we can do as disciples of Jesus Christ. And if no one raised their hand in here, then I think it's safe to assume that we got a room full of believers, which I'm stoked we were talking to believers today because this was a believer's message of how to outlive a power-filled testimony. So I wanna give first call is this. Anybody that would say, I have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I've heard about it my whole life. It was weird to me or whatever. 
And today you hear me talking about it and it's normalized and you go, yep, today is my moment. I truly want to live out what God has called me to do. I want to be his witness to the ends of the earth. So this might seem a little bit out there, but I'm gonna ask if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that you would come and make your way to the aisle. I know that's a big statement of faith, that you would come and stand in the aisle. Last service, we had a couple people stand out here and just say, yep, today is my day. This might feel awkward, it might feel strange. I wanna give a moment for you. I know this is different, I know this is hard. Just give a moment longer, anybody that would say, yeah, today is my day that I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Beautiful. Well, then what that means is we got a bunch of people who are empowered by the Holy Spirit in this house. And if, if you didn't have the, the faith enough to, to stand out in the aisle, you're like, I don't know what that means. Come talk to me again after service. And I wanna walk you through this and why. Um, even after service, I had a couple of people come forward and we got to lay hands and baptize them in the Holy Spirit. And they were charged up, big grins on their face, ready to take on the world. So I encourage you, like, don't leave this place without talking to someone. And even how, how it's said is Paul lays his hands on them and they receive baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's so easy. I prayed a 30 second prayer. So make sure you don't leave. But what I do wanna do is ask for a fresh baptism over our church. So if you would just raise your hands all across this room. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in and over every single life in this room. Help us to be your mouthpiece. Help us to be your hands and feet. Lord, we're not gonna leave here until we are empowered and filled up afresh and anew. So God, I pray you would empower us to be your witness throughout all the world. Lord, I pray every person would have a fresh and filling that we've seen new gifts, new abilities come from this moment to be able to reach the world, to be empowered, to preach the gospel to every human on the planet. God, use us today that the lost would be found in Jesus' name. Come on, if you got a voice to sing, can we sing this out? Open your eyes. Thank you for listening to the Grace City Tampa podcast. Stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church.